Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast. Living large in New York. I'm Michael Nunez. We have a rabbit called Roll Call. <laughs> Dave Anderson. William Jeffries. And today we're circling back to more programming idioms. I think we had a good, a good time talking about idioms of the past episode. And we're here to circle back on some more yeah we really started to grok this topic uh we <laughs> shaved a yak or two mm-hmm. all the way down to the turtles that are there <laughs> and under a boiled ocean who knows yeah yeah it's kind of hazardous for those animals so it's a bit food bar oh man it's a so bit... that's the recap there you go <laughs> if you don't understand any of those words then you can listen to the previous episode there you go one of the ones that we hear often and I have not ever heard this one until I started programming at like a professional shop is bike shedding. And I didn't know what that meant. Cause I thought when I heard the word bike shedding, I thought it was like bikes would shed like how snakes would shed their skin. I was like, wait, that's, is that a, th- bikes don't do that. Like unless they <laughs> rust, what do you mean bike shedding? <laughs> what? Like a lobster. <laughs> what is the term bike shedding and how is it used in programming? William. So the explanation that I heard was that it came from a project where, I don't know if this is a real project or this was a hypothetical project to illustrate the phenomenon, but they were building a nuclear reactor. It was like a power plant, right? Extremely expensive, Mm -hmm. very high risk and wildly complicated. And so they needed to agree on whether or not they were going to spend the $200 million to build the power plant. And nobody really had anything to say about it. It was just kind of like, okay. But then there was a bike shed that was also going to be built right by the nuclear power plant and everybody had an opinion. What color should it be? How big is it going to be? How far (laughs) Mm -hmm. from the street is it going to be? Because it's just (laughs) much easier to have opinions about this smaller, less important thing that's easier to grok than it is the actual important thing. Yeah, I had heard that story too. Although like I thought it was about a real life story that happened at Google where like they were arguing over the bike shed at Google about how many bikes should be there on the campus because they just have all the soft serve machines and whatever, but they're not focused on delivering the software or whatever. But I think your story is closer to the original origin, which I looked up just now and it's actually a parable, I guess. To explain Parkinson's law. What is Parkinson's law? His law, it's called Parkinson's law of triviality. Basically stating that the amount of time spent discussing an issue in an organization is inversely proportional to its actual importance in the grand scheme of things. Oh, wow. (laughs) Which is a pretty sick burn, but that is definitely something that happens. Yeah, because it, it's so easy to pick apart the bike shed or the very small, minute things, the color of the button or the name, the variable of this particular third party or microservice that we want to build versus the actual microservice that we're going to build. Yeah, I feel like a really concrete and painful example of this that I've encountered in my career is when you are applying A-B tests as though everything is a nail that needs your A-B test hammer. So you can really apply that in a way that bike sheds 
all of the details and tries to crowdsource and find statistical significance in things that you could probably just decide and move on with your life. So don't be bike shitting, boys and girls. Get to the root of the problem and solve that instead. Any other idioms that people want to share? Actually, you called out one that's really interesting. The when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. I just want to go and bash things. And it's like, oh, is that a problem? Is that a programming problem? Is that a problem that a user wants to solve? We can do it. And we could solve it. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No one – calm down there, Bobby. You don't have to solve everything through software, especially if the user's not asking for it. Oh, yeah. That's, that's like a much broader perspective of that where, yeah, maybe you don't need to program something. Like maybe you can use Excel or whatever. Yeah. It may look like a nail. No need to use the hammer, Bobby. You can cool it down. Yeah, I think GraphQL is my favorite hammer. Like you can, <laughs> you can also think of like a specific technology as a hammer. I think React is another hammer that oh, people yeah. really love to swing around. It's like a sledgehammer of JavaScript front-end frameworks. So you just like every answer is React. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like we need a statically generated page to do the thing that's generated dynamically with react components (laughs) that are all nested and very complicated and that's not to discredit that hammer or smashing a lot of different things with it yeah it's a very good hammer it's a solid hammer it gets things done any other programming idioms that you want to share refactoring is one that i learned recently which i thought was great (laughs) we re what refactoring oh i it's where you refactor something that was fine until it's totally unusable. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like this is this might be a neologism. I've never heard of that before. That is crazy. Hold on. So it's when you refactor something that you just like make it worse. Like it was. I mean, maybe it wasn't that good to begin with, but after you refactor it, it's really bad. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've done that recently, where I just went down this refactoring journey and then my commit message was made things more complicated (laughs) a lot of times it happens with the best of intentions yeah 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 i can only imagine that something like that happens are y'all familiar with enterprise fizzbuzz yeah. <laughs> Enterprise Fizzbuzz is a it's like project. It's files with like a ridiculously complicated directory structure. No. It's like seven classes. I think it's more like a hundred files <laughs> of classes that exist with tests and all sorts of craziness just to do Fizzbuzz. I think that might be, must have been a symptom of the refactoring. Well, and be careful. Oh Don't go too far <laughs> off in the re- refunctoring because that will be, uh, you'll end up with the really, really nested and tons of design patterns that may confuse your developers at the end of the day. <laughs> Definitely check about Enterprise uh, FizzBuzz for that, though. I feel like one that comes up pretty often in my experience is rubber duck debugging. It's always like kind of one of those really surprising things that happens where you're talking through a problem and the solution just manifests itself. Like it just happens. You just think of it out of nowhere, even though you're trying to explain it to someone or who is your rubber duck, or you're trying to explain it to your rubber duck on your desk or your wooden frog, as it were. That's one of my favorite ones. 
Yeah, and like it's always best to have a physical, right? If especially in the world that we're in right now, where you may be isolated in a room <laughs> in a completely different country, William. I'm not. I'm not speaking about you, but a lot of people may be in your situation, right? Like, right? You know, yeah. No one else. No one else speaks no English, speaks around, English you. around you, but <laughs> except for your rubber duck. <laughs> except for your rubber duck, bro. So, like, I mean, you could practice your Spanish with the rubber duck too. And I think that that, like, the idea of going line by line through a piece of code will help you identify the bug that's currently messing things up in your in your yeah maybe it'll the the rubber duck will provide judgment to you when you've gone too far with your refactoring if you explain your approach you may realize out loud that it, it may not be necessary and there's actually like a psychological scientific thing that happens when you are explaining a problem to a rubber duck or to another person even even if they don't speak english where it's a different part of your brain that's used to think about a problem and try and figure it out versus explain a problem by like actually verbalizing it and talking out loud we can kind of use both those parts of our brain to get deeper in the problem so that's one of the great things about pair programming or a duck or what have you william are you do you rubber duck in English or in Spanish right now? Oh, fucking absolutely English, man. <laughs> Doing foreign language programming is so hard. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine. It's, it makes me really respect the, the engineers who come from other countries and work entirely in English. It's like, wow, okay. That's, <laughs> That's that amazing. Tough. You can get used to it eventually, but oh, man. You take so many mental cycles to just come up with the right vocabulary word. There's like none left over for solving the problem. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was about a good amount of idioms. I don't know if we missed any. I'm not too sure. But we may need to circle back on more of these idioms. I think these are the ones that I think, we mentioned. I think we got all of them. I think we're good. But no, we didn't. Yeah. No, one more. One more? No? no. The, I think so. I don't know. We, I mean, we, you, it was feel just free to... exhaustive. There's nothing else. <laughs> I think we went through the list. And if there are any more that you feel that we may have missed, feel free to hit up uh, Radio Free Rabbit on Twitter. I'd love to hear any more that we have. If you got them, we'll share them on the next one. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.